The Pinball Network is online. Launching. Just another pinball podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Joel Engelberth with Just Another Pinball Podcast. This is episode five. Uh, I'm very excited to have a chance to continue this. Uh, I've really enjoyed recording the other four episodes, so this is, this should be a lot of fun. I am trying something different. I'm actually streaming right now. Um, so it is uh, about 1.30 in the morning on a Saturday night. I just streamed for about three hours. I was streaming taxi and having a lot of fun with that and decided, you know what, if I'm going to stand here and talk to myself anyways, why not stream it? Uh, it doesn't make for the most, it doesn't make for the best uh, visual uh, or video content, but uh, I am curious if people do hop in and, uh, you know, say anything or type anything in chat. This could be more of an interactive thing. Uh, I do know uh, Buffalo Pinball, they have a great podcast. They also do some great shows and whatnot. They stream every single time that they report the, record their podcast for that interaction. So um, please let me know. Feel free, like always, you can always contact me at justanotherpinball at gmail.com. If you're listening to this later on and you like that idea and there's any chance that you would potentially want to watch the stream or interact with the stream while I record, uh, please do. Please hop on and do that. Um, last podcast that I recorded was uh, my wife. I actually interviewed my wife and I actually got some really good feedback from that. I got some good emails, had some people reach out to me in Discord and whatnot. And uh, one of the people said that she had a voice for radio. So uh obviously there's that joke of you know whether or not you have the face for radio but the voice for radio was the first that i had heard so she was she she liked that but uh all the feedback was really positive that that you know i I am very grateful to have a wife that is supportive in that in this hobby and and the fact that she does uh entertain it even in the the little fashion that she does is, is fantastic and it was cool to hear her perspective um which is a random side note, but uh, one of the other TPN podcasts, uh, Craig Bobby, he's been interviewing his daughter to get her perspective on the last two game reveals. They did it for T- uh, Turtles, and then they also did it for Hot Wheels. And just hearing, I think they said she was like eight or nine, to hear an eight or nine-year-old perspective on on these new releases and, and what do you see that's cool or what do you see that you like, I, I think is pretty neat. Um that's some good market research there. And, you know, of course, one of the first thoughts I had was recording my wife and seeing her do the reveals. But I, I don't know. I don't want to I don't want to copy Craig. I, I think Craig has a good, a good thing going there. But it is interesting, you know, with some of these reveals, uh, just seeing, you know, people's opinions and whatnot. So um, I had a few emails. I'm trying to remember them off the top of the head. Uh, I once again, there's I've had a few people email me multiple times after every episode, which is awesome. I, I love that I'm having frequent listeners or people that, that find the podcast entertaining enough to continue to tune in. Uh, and they, they've, they've said very nice things. Um, but I had a I had a guy ask about pin sound and, and whether or not I have any experience with pin sound. And the answer is no, I do not have any experience with pin, pin sound. Uh, I've never done that. Uh, I've never put a pin sound board in my game. For those of you that don't know, it's basically it replaces your soundboard in some of these older games so that you can put your own custom sounds into the game. Uh, I know I think Lord of the Rings has one and, and Indiana Jones has one where people will take you know direct sounds from the movie and it just overall really improves the quality of, of, the, of, the, of the sound of the game. Um, I don't have any experience with that. What I will say is Carrie Hardy, Carrie Hardy... He, um, he makes YouTube videos, and uh, he actually just put out a YouTube video where he did a pin sound remix for um, 
one of the game. What was it? The game that he uh, last action hero. So he added some, you know, at, when you have complete control over the sound of the game, he added some, you know, I think there was like some Guns N' Roses songs and other stuff that he had added to the game, which ended up really being very cool. So if uh, you're interested in pin sound, feel free to uh, check out Kerry Hart- Hardy's videos and maybe that would be something you could reach out to him about. Um, so today, episode five, uh, I wanted to title this Positivity, Positivity in Pinball. And what I mean is over the last few weeks, um, I Pinside, so I've been on this hobby roughly three years, and I enjoy Pinside. I think Pinside is an awesome resource to access people with experience in this in this hobby. But what I found is, is accessing Pinside as much as I have, there are definitely people that I feel like the majority of the time that they post, they're just complaining. They're just complaining about something. And I, I don't know what, I don't know why they feel the need to complain uh, or just tear down the current state of pinball. But to me, it's like if, if you are so unhappy with the current state of pinball, then why are you, you know, why are you really even in the hobby? Why, why do you feel the need to tell, you know, current buyers how bad things are? Um, if, if you love the games from the 80s and 90s, then, then buy them. Buy the old ones, fix them up, and enjoy them. But there's no reason to, to, to tear down some of the new technology and some of the newer games, uh, whether it's you know issues with they feel like they're too expensive or lack of toys or quality or whatever. I don't know. I, just, I don't think there's any re- reason to you know, rain on people's parades. Um, I am, I've actually placed an order for a, for a Turtles Pro. And I am, I am nervous about the, the playfield quality just because I know Stern's track record, some of the recent playfields have not been the best. But you know what? I'm a huge Turtles fan, and I've owned Stern games in the past, and I like the gameplay, and I like the build quality, and I like the accessibility of the game. And there was enough, there was enough going on in that game with co-op and other options that, you know, why not? I, I, I'm, I'm willing to roll the dice to, to, to enjoy that game. And some people look at it as well until they address the playfield issues, nobody should buy it. Sure. I mean, if, if, if it was a smaller hobby and we could, we could actually do that, then fine. But it's not, I mean, there's no way we can control or tell enough people to stop buying to get that type of reaction because the reality, I mean, it's not hard for me to not buy a game that I don't want, but I want turtles. You can, you know, turtles is something I'm into. I I want that game. There's, there's stuff about it that I want. So I'm willing to roll the dice. So, I just think like anything, it's it's always easier to find the negative things in a hobby or the negative things in a situation and focus on those. It's, it's easy to do that. Um, but I don't know why people don't address the good things. I don't know why people don't address the things they like um, or talk about those. So I know that there are people that do podcasts or there are people that do YouTube and there's people that do streams that they get called shills. They get they're they're referred to as shills because they only you know everything's uh, like perfect in the pinball world. And I'm not saying that I'm not saying things are perfect, but there are things that are good that people don't spend any time talking about. Um, so I wanted to go through some of those things. Um, so I had listed a few things of like over the last month. What are some things going on in pinball that we should be happy about? That, that why don't we have, you know, discussions about this and be appreciative of it? Uh, so a few quick things here. One, factories are open. 
the fact that games are still coming out obviously is showing this this hobby's not dead it's not dying games are continuing to be made and the fact that this pandemic i mean sure it slowed things down that sucked but at the same time things are now back open things are being made i'm in for turtles if this pandemic wasn't going on i would probably already have my turtles pro here in my house but i don't but i'm appreciative that they're they're working even though the working conditions are not nearly as nice as they used to be you know i appreciate that the company is fighting through that uh, i appreciate you know JJP just moved from Jersey to Chicago. I'm glad that they're making moves to increase the productivity or the production of their games. Like I'm glad to see that this hobby feels like it's growing. Um, you know, Deep Root, I don't know. Deep Root's still so uncertain, but I'm glad that it's, a, it's another company. It's more competition. I'm glad factories are opening. Things are moving forward. Heist with the P3 system. I'm glad that that's being released. Like, why not? Let's be happy. Let's be happy that um you know our hobby didn't completely shut down like like the movie industry it's nobody's going to movies or the music industry if your hobby was going to concerts i don't know when the next time you're going to go to a concert is so i just think that's awesome that that pinball i get it the shows are not happening some of the tournaments are not happening but the the but pinball is still moving forward so i think it's awesome that the factories are open like that should be something we should be happy about Another thing we should be happy about with this pandemic is the fact that this is a hobby that you can play at home. Uh, if you're like, I play volleyball. Volleyball is a sport that I play, me and my wife play in a league and we play every Friday night. And unfortunately, because of this pandemic, we can't play volleyball. Um, if you're into bowling, you know, bowling, when the pandemic first started, you couldn't go to a bowling alley. Bowling alleys are closed. So I think it's awesome that this is a hobby that we can have and enjoy in the safety of our homes. Um, and the home collections. I mean, this has been something, uh, I'm standing right next to a taxi that I, that I got right before the pandemic started. And this is something that I did every single night. I'd come down here and I'd work on that machine because it was broken. And it was just an awesome hobby and an awesome thing to have access to, to fix and work on. And the fact that I was still able to buy parts and they were shipping out parts, even though the pandemic had started, I was able to get this machine in full working order and then enjoy the machine. I've enjoyed playing it. I've enjoyed playing it a lot. Um, so that's just something that I, I mean, let's be happy. Let's be happy that we're in a hobby that we can enjoy and the safety of our own homes. Um, streaming. Streaming is something that I think is incredible. I'm actually streaming right now, obviously, as I record this podcast. This has been a chance over this pandemic. The fact that there are pinball, pinball creators or people out there that are making content about pinball is awesome. And there's and it's easily accessible between YouTube and podcasts and Twitch to just constantly be able to consume pinball is incredible. Um, it's it's awesome that that's available. So streaming is something that I've started doing. Uh, this has been an awesome outlet where I feel like I'm actually playing or enjoying pinball with other people, even though I'm standing here in my basement and streaming, not doing anything. Um it's awesome. It's uh, streaming. The people that are into streaming, like I got to throw out a few shout outs here. Obviously, Dead Flip is the king. He's number one. You know, the fact that he does that every single night and, and has really kind of set the bar for quality of pinball streaming is awesome. I'm glad that Dead Flip or, or Jack Danger is in the hobby. Um, I will say there's a guy, Don't Panic Flip. Don't Panic Flip and is he's a streamer. And he has a Discord for other streamers that you can be a part of. He's been incredibly helpful into getting me into streaming. And that Discord and the people in that Discord have been amazing. Um, the fact that, you know, you'd think that there would be, I feel like on Twitch there's like 
competition where it's okay i'm going to stream call of duty but i need to be you know anybody that's into call of duty if if they aren't watching me then they're watching one of my competitors so how do i take their view into you know how do i take their viewers and make them my viewers do i do it at a different time or if i'm doing it at the same time there's no competition in pinball streaming it doesn't feel like it, it just everybody wants there to be good streaming um I know when you start streaming with Twitch to make any sort of money off of this, you have to get 50 followers. And it's amazing how many YouTube videos and things there are out there of how to get followers, how to get people to join, you know, watch your channel. How do you get people to enjoy your content? For me, I was able to get 50 followers in less than three weeks. Like I don't, I think that's unheard of because like the, the YouTube videos are talking about like how to get to affiliate status in less than a month. And it's, here's all these things you can do and set a schedule and do this multiple times a day and boom, 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 boom. And it, giving you all the suggestions. No, I streamed like one or two nights a week. But it the reason I got 50 followers is because the pinball community, there were other streamers that were giving me follows just like I follow pinball. That was, that's all they say. Like any, anybody that does pinball, I'm following them. That just because this is an amazing community that just wants to build this hobby and build the quality of streaming and build the number of people that are streaming so that people can see different games that they're not used to seeing that, uh, you know, the first game I was streaming was NBA fast break. It was awesome to have people that wanted to watch me stream that game just because there weren't other people streaming NBA fast break. Recently I've been streaming taxi taxi is another game that are not, a, not a ton of people are streaming. So to get that support from the community has been awesome. Um, I think streaming is definitely something that I'm going to continue to do just because I love the feedback. I love the interaction uh, that you can have with chat. But um, it's just an awesome way to, if I'm going to be down here playing the games, why not enjoy playing it with other people so that we can have that conversation and enjoy that together. So streaming, I don't think anybody talks about pinball streaming as something to appreciate or something to be happy with. Um, so another thing, uh, to be more specific, there have been two games that have been released since well i mean well there was like uh what is it the uh the metal heavy metal heavy metal was released but eh, i don't want to i don't really want to get into that but the two main games that have been released have been hot wheels and turtles now hot wheels one i think like let's be positive about the game sure is hot wheels hot wheels is not a theme that appeals to me i'm not into hot wheels that's just not my thing i i didn't collect hot wheels but when you look at the game, like the things that they, the things that American Pinball didn't do well in number one and two, a lot of people complained that the shots were too tight. A lot of people complained that the artwork needed to be improved. Well, look at Hot Wheels. They've improved the artwork. The shot, the, the game looks like it flows great. The cabinet, I mean, it's all very bright colors. So like visually they, they stepped it up. They improved those things. Um, and then another thing that they did is they now have RGB LED lights all throughout the game. Like the game, the, the light show in the game looks fantastic. Like I applaud them for that, but I don't, there's no need to sit here and continue to tear down American pinball. It's like, well, it's still hot wheels. Like get a good theme. Like, no, like let's just appreciate that they're continuing to make games. I hope they are successful. I hope they sell enough games that they can get to game four because Every game they do has gotten better. Um, I don't agree with the theme of Oktoberfest. I don't think that was a good theme. I would not have picked Hot Wheels as my first licensed theme. But you know what? I hope they have enough success that they can get to game four. And I hope game four is even better than game three. And there were just, there are things, I think, instead of looking at a machine and picking out all the flaws, let's look at a game and like, 
sure, we can we can acknowledge the flaws if it's a constructive criticism, but there's no reason to like dismiss a whole game or just focus on those. I, I, I don't know. If, if, if all you do in this hobby is just focus on the negativity, then what enjoyment are you getting out of the hobby? Um, that's Hot Wheels. So that leads me to Turtles. Now, I know I'm biased. I know I am biased with Turtles because I bought one. I'm waiting on one. I'm excited for one. I'm looking forward to Turtles. But there was a few different things in my head that I knew going into the reveal that it's like they have to do these things or I'm out. Like I'm, I, I can't do it. Sorry, there was a drink of water there. Um, so turtles. In my mind, I wanted to get a pro. Going in, I had not seen the game. I was like, I want to get a pro because that's what I knew I could afford. But I told myself, if there are certain things that are missing, I might have to go premium. So one thing, lighting. I have a TNA. I love my TNA. TNA spoiled me with RGB LED lights. Every single light in that game is an RGB LED light. And once you can see the light shows that can be made with a game with full RGB LED lights, they're just so much better than every other game. They're so much better. Like, in my opinion, the light show is, you can't beat it. You can't, you can't beat the light show with a normal, you know, just normal bulb. You can't do it. You, the RGB LED lights are awesome. And that's great. That's awesome that all JJP games have been that way since since uh, um, Wizard of Oz. That's great. But JJP is a whole nother level of money and complexity. And so I, was, I want Stern to bring that into the mix. And so I remember I actually owned Guardians of the Galaxy at one point in time. And I enjoyed Guardians of the Galaxy. But the difference between the pro and the premium Guardians of the Galaxy is the premium had... RGB LED lights throughout the, the inserts, like throughout the main play field. Game of Thrones, same way. One of the differences between the pro and the premium were the RGB LED lights throughout the inserts. And so I looked at it as, well, one key feature, one key difference between the pro and the premium was the premium had a much better light show. And I've become a sucker for a good light show. So in my mind, I was like, all right, if... The Pro just has standard lights, but the Premium has RGB LEDs. I might have to go Premium. That was like a deciding, that was like a key thing. Another thing was mechs. You know, like um, when you look at Black Knight, like Black Knight, the difference between the Pro and the Premium is substantial. The, now, most people will argue, some people will say that they prefer the Pro. Same thing with Guardians or uh, Game of Thrones. Like some people say they prefer the Pro. Just because you get a whole upper play field doesn't mean you want the upper play field. But like Black Knight has, I mean, it's like a huge upper play field, a huge part and a whole nother multi-ball, a whole nother thing. Like it is a different, completely different game. Uh, you could say the same thing about like Ghostbusters with some of the added ramps and some of the other stuff that some of the differences here between the pros and premiums have been extreme. So in my mind, I was like, I don't want to get a pro if the premium is feels like it's going to be a completely different game. Now, some people say this is a pro versus con. I look at it as a pro. Some people look at it as, well, this is really cheap. Like they like Stern really cheaped out because if you haven't looked at Turtles, there's really only three main differences. Well, there's there's actually five. So one difference, which I agree is kind of dumb, is the pizza spinner will spin in both directions with the pro and premium. 
the premium spins both directions. The pro only spins one direction. What's really dumb about that though, is if people have looked in the manual and they've seen it's the exact same part. And so it's only, I think there's like one little controller board or it may be software. That's the only thing that's keeping it from spinning in one direction or the other. So it's really not a money saving thing. They just decided to make that a differencing feature, which I get it. I understand Stern needs to have the pro and premium be different, but as somebody who's going to own the pro, it kind of sucks knowing that inside that game, I have the capability for that motor to spin both ways. They just decided not to do it. Another thing that they did that's different is on the layer shot. Apparently on the pro and premium, there's an extra switch for the layer shot so that you could lock a ball in there. That's the only thing difference is one extra switch. That switch costs them maybe $5. Like that actual switch you can get from Marco Specialty for like two bucks. They're obviously buying them in bulk. So maybe that switch costs a dollar and then you have to add the wire. So it's like maybe $5. But once again, that's something that they feel that they could make a distinguishing feature between the pro and premium. I Part of me is like, well, that sucks. You really can't add another $5 part. But at the same time, I'm okay with it because I would rather it be something super small that I feel like I'm missing. Like, okay, so I can't lock a ball in there. No big deal. But if it was a pro versus premium where they had a whole upper play field, it's like, well, that's a completely different game. I don't feel like Turtles is a completely different game because I can't lock a ball in the layer shot. I don't feel like it's a completely different game because the ball doesn't spin both ways with the pizza, uh, the spinning pizza. Another thing that's different is Krang. Krang looks really cool. Krang is a, they, they made this sculpt that's back on a pop bumper and it hops up and down and lights up. Premium has it, the pro doesn't. But I looked at that as like, oh, it's cosmetic. Like, that's fine. If I really wanted to add something like that, the mod makers will probably make something but I'm not going to spend the extra money just for something that's cosmetic. Like I, I would have to do it for, I say I want to do it, but obviously lights are cosmetic. But in this case, it's like, that's a sculpt. Like I'm not, I'm not, that to me, I'm not going to justify spending the extra money. Um, another thing is the van, the turtles van, the door opens up and you can have an eight ball multi-ball instead of a six ball multi-ball. Six is plenty. Six is way too many balls already. But that is a cool feature. I'm not going to lie. It would be very cool to see the van door open up and spit out the balls. Awesome. Like if I, if with Guardians of the Galaxy, seeing Groot spit out the balls is way different than if Groot's mouth didn't open on the Pro and the balls just trickled out. I get that. But to me, once again, I felt like that was a cosmetic feature that didn't warrant the need for me to buy a Pro versus a Premium. The one thing that did make me question it though was the diverter. And the diverter which is the glider is where you can choose where, which direction the shot goes. I own shadow and shadow had two diverters on both ramps. And so it made two ramps feel like four ramps because you could change, you could hit the same shot, but it would do four different things. And it was, it was very cool, but I think it was implemented very well because there was an extra button near the main buttons to change the diverters. Um, the fact that the diverter is actually handled by the center button was kind of a no-go for me because I know when I played Shadow that sometimes I would want to change that button very quickly. And for me to have to take my hands off to hit that middle button, I don't think I'd change it that often. And so because of that, I know remembering back to playing Shadow, I did change the I did change the change the diverter a good bit, but not a ton. It wasn't a constantly used feature. And I just realized if it's going to be even more inconvenient and I'm going to have to do that, I may not use that diverter much at all 
So I was able to talk myself out of needing to have the premium. But some people look at that as like, well, Stern cheaped out. You know, they cheaped out. They didn't They didn't put enough in the game. I look at it the exact opposite. I feel like they made an amazing pro. Like the pro model of the game, there's so much in that game. And people aren't focusing on that. Like people don't look at that game as loaded. And maybe that's just because loaded is a word that for, for a game to be loaded, they want there to be so many ramps and so many sculpts and so many toys that you know where does the ball go there's it's way it's overloaded i don't know but to me i looked at it and it's like they made an amazing pro and then added some cool features to make it a premium not the other way around where they made an amazing premium stripped out all the cool stuff and left you with the pro so these are the things that i think are amazing that they put in a pro machine first off there are 17 RGB LED color changing lights in the game. I think that's incredible. Like why why are people not focusing on that? Like 17 is a ton of, of color changing lights for a pro. That to me, it's like, I would expect like five, like the main arrows in the game, that's fine. But it's all the main arrows and then a whole bunch of other ones all change based on the turtle you pick and the other things you pick. They didn't do that. They, they did 17 RGB LEDs in the game. That's awesome. I, like, I would love that to be a standard going forward that Stern. LEDs are cheap. Make your life easier by just programming it the same way in every game. Make color changing LEDs in every one of your models. Like, I love that. I hope that's something that continue moving forward. That doing more color changing LEDs because obviously you're seeing Spooky does it. You see JJP does it. So if that's moving forward in the industry and now even pro level games have color changing LEDs in the inserts, Let's go. Let's do that. So I was pumped to see that Stern was doing 17 RGB LED color changing bulbs in, in, in the game. On top of that, they have color changing GI. Now I know that, you know, the color changing GI that I have in TNA, it's the same GI bulb, but that bulb is an RGB LED. So that bulb can display multiple ways. The color changing LED, or the color changing GI in this game are three separate bulbs. You have a green, a red, and a clear, like a white bulb. I'll take it. I, I mean, I agree. I think it would make sense if they, you know, you could probably add more light if each one was an individual RGB LED, like changing bulb, but I will take the color changing GI. I was stoked to see on the unveil of the pro model to actually see the light show, to see the amount of colors that were changing on the inserts. And then like in the training mode, if you hit a good shot, the whole play field flashes green. If you hit the wrong shot, the whole play field flashes red. That's incredible. That's awesome. I am all for um, color changing GI. So the fact that they're doing that is awesome. Like, and they're doing it in the pro. And nobody, like, nobody's focusing on that. Nobody's talking about is this is this something we're doing moving forward? Because I hope they are. Another thing they're doing, and for those of you that are hopping in, I see people are hopping in and out on Twitch. Uh, I'm currently recording a, a podcast, so feel free to, if you want to comment, go ahead. Uh, for people that are just listening to the podcast later, sorry, feel free if you want to comment, feel free to email me at um, just another pin or just another pinball at gmail.com. Um, another thing that I think is, once again, positivity, positive things about pinball is in this stern, if you look in the apron, there's actually spot lights in the apron. And this was in the pro. This is another thing that they could have saved for the for the premium, but they didn't. They put it in the pro, where 
right above the flippers, there's actually holes in the apron, and it looks like there are two lights that are shining out on the play field to add more lights down by the flipper. You know, these are all features that are not normal in a normal in a normal Stern Pro, but they're in this one. And so to me, I hope this is something that they're doing moving forward, where this is not now distinguishing things for the premium. These are things that are now built into the Pro, which is awesome. Um, and then a last thing about Turtles that I think is awesome that nobody's talking about is it shipped with 1.0 code. There are so many posts about Stern games that people, you know, they're like, people, what, what is this? Not only are they printing, are they shipping a, a like a, a low quality product, but it's not even complete. You have to wait years to have a complete game. Turtles is shipping with 1.0 code. That is awesome. Stranger Things was shipped back in Christmas. It is now almost July. That code is not finished. Elvira is far from finished. Don't get me wrong, Elvira is turning out to be an amazing game. And, you know, I know Lyman Sheets took forever to finish Batman and Batman the code in that is incredible. That's great. If you need to take the time to finish it, that's fine. But I know as it would, it would, as a, as a future Turtles owner, if I would get that game and it was at 0.60 code, I know that would be hard because it would be hard to, I mean, it would be cool to see the game progress, but to know every single time you play it, it's like, I don't know what's coming next. Is this the final product? I don't know. And I get it. Even with 1.0 code, there's a good chance they're going to change stuff or improve stuff. But I just nobody's patting Stern on the back for that. They People complain and complain and complain, and then they're doing these things, and nobody's focusing on that, or it doesn't feel like anybody's focusing on that. And people feel like the moment that you start to give some of these pinball manufacturers like a pat on the back, people are like, yeah, but what about this? What about this? And I, I don't know. I just... I am a, I'm a person that enjoys positivity and I'm not trying to be a shill and I'm not trying to like promote things or ignore the flaws that are still in pinball. But at the same time, like let's enjoy the hobby. Let's find things in this hobby that we can enjoy. Um, so that was kind of my list of, of things. So this is my challenge is please feel free to contact me once again at justanotherpinball@gmail.com. at gmail.com. And I would love for pinball positivity to be like a reoccurring segment where it's like, what's something that you see in the hobby or what's something that you're enjoying in the hobby that you feel like people just aren't talking about that. And maybe, maybe this is a voice or this is a channel that we can express those things because I, I have no sponsors. I have nobody giving me anything. So I, there's, I, I'm not trying to sell you anything. I, I, I don't ever be labeled as like a shill because I'm not, I don't get anything from this. So to speak highly about something Sturm's doing or speak highly about something JJP or American Pinball or Deep Root, I don't know. I mean, I'm happy to share those things or, you know what, here's something. Uh, there's an even better challenge where it's, you know, there's people that have been in this hobby for 30 years. So, you know what, everybody everybody talks about like, oh, the games in the 90s or the games in the 80s were so much better or they did these things so much better. Well, what are we doing now? What's going on now that's so much better than then? You know, let's, let's focus on that. Like we're, let's, where is the constructive criticism? Where are the things that are that we're doing well versus the things that um, we could improve on? You know, I'm I'm happy to discuss that. I just I don't know. I just felt like this was a chance after after reading Pinside for the last few weeks since my last podcast that it's just it's so easy for people to rant about things that they don't like. Um, so why not why not let's actually talk about some of the things that that, that are going well and some things that we should be enjoying in the hobby. Um, so those are just a few things I wanted to hit, um, today during this, for, during this podcast. 
Um, the last thing that I would I want to mention is I want to talk a little bit about Canada. Now, I've only been in this hobby three years, and when I decided I wanted to get into pinball, um, before I started looking at Pinside, I was on Cloth because I was more on the ar arcade side of things. Um, and then I was also doing YouTube. So YouTube, I watched a lot of uh, John's Arcade and um, some of the different pin like arcade restoration groups, TNT Amusements, those kind of things. And um, I, through YouTube, I found um, Straight Down the Middle, Zach and Greg. I think the old Straight Down the Middle episodes were great. I, I enjoy the current ones. I just know the frequency of the old ones is really nice. And uh, I know it's hard for Zach to review games now as a distributor. But um, I really enjoyed Straight Down the Middle. Well, I happened to really start to get into pinball, and I started to read a pin side right around the time that the Twippies, the original, the first Twippies, happened. So the only podcast I listened to at the time, I was listening to like an arcade rescue or restorations podcast, but I knew I wanted to listen to a pinball podcast, but I just didn't know of any good ones that were out there. Well, right around the time when I was thinking about listening to a pinball podcast, um, uh, the Twippies were out, the original Twippies. And so the first year, the Twippies, Canada, Canada's Pinball Podcast won Best Podcast. So I heard that. I was like, well, I want to listen to a pinball podcast. Why not listen to the best? Why not start with him? And yeah, he, I will tell you, I've listened to every, pin, every Canada's Pinball Podcast for probably the last three years. Now, do I agree with everything Canada says? No. Do I like everything Canada says? No. Do I think my, was I entertained by Canada? Yes. And why did I continue? And I found myself, I asked myself this multiple times. There are certain pod, there were so many episodes that Canada had that just felt like he was just railing on the hobby. Whether or not he was calling collectors stupid, where he was calling buyers stupid, where he was calling manufacturers stupid or incompetent or just like, why can't we have this? Why aren't the current machines better? Like, why can't we have amazing code? Why can't we have all these toys? Why can't we have all this at a, at a reasonable price? Why, 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 why? And I found myself, there are times that I'm listening. I'm like, why am I listening to a grown man complain for 45 minutes straight? And then three days later, listening to him complain again. Why am I doing this? Why am I tuning in? And the reason I kept tuning into Canada was because his frequency he would release multiple podcasts a week. So in my mind, there I felt like he was the best news source for pinball. He was constantly giving me content. He was constantly feeding me info. He was constantly telling me what was going on. He was spending time on Pinside reading and filling me in on stuff that I wasn't seeing on Pinside. He actually had, you know, inside reports to things that I don't have access to. So... You know, the first time that I heard that Turtles was a, was happening was from Canada. It wasn't from Pinside. And I'm a huge Turtles fan. So I heard that the end of last year. So as soon as I heard that, I was anxiously waiting to hear more. And once I started hearing more and hearing more, it's like, okay, this seems real. I started preparing. I started financially saving money for Turtles. Well, you know, and if, it, if I wasn't listening to Canada, I would not have done that. I would probably have... I would probably own completely different games right now. And now that Turtles has been released, I'd be like frantically trying to sell them to try to get money for Turtles. 
Um, so to, to hear those reports from him, I found that incredibly useful. Now, there's plenty of other things that he's announced that that weren't that did not come out come to be real, but every, most almost every Stern game he's announced before they they announced. I mean, uh, he has been the source of of info in this in this hobby way before any other source of info that I found, um, which I loved. I loved that. I loved the consistency. I loved the frequency, and I loved just the constant telling or the constant info that he was providing to this hobby so canada i'm i am going to miss canada's pinball podcast um i feel for the guy i feel for the guy the fact that his um if that's if it's true that somebody approached his his work and that's why he can't do it that sucks uh, now with that said he has spoiled a lot of releases. So if it ends up being a company that basically says, you know, they are like Canada's in marketing. And if I would assume he knows that if there were releases or things that he was doing that he was a part of that somehow got ruined before before it was aired, he'd probably be pissed. And, and the fact that he was doing that to multiple manufacturers. Um, I mean, I get it. If I was if I was Stern, JJP, American, whoever, Spooky, I, I, it would be, it would definitely probably be a love hate relationship uh, when, when talking about Canada. So I, I totally, I get that. And if it was a company that ended up getting Canada to have to stop that, I mean, that sucks. That really does suck. But the more I thought about it, the more I realized that, like, the closer that we got to Stern's announcement of Turtles the more I was actually tuning in, I was checking almost every day to see if there was a new Canada Spinball podcast. I was, I followed Canada on Facebook and I was started, once I realized like, okay, any day now, Stern's going to announce stuff. I was checking Canada's posts. I was checking Facebook like daily just to see if there was a leak. I wanted, I like, I was craving, I wanted so much to see what Turtles was going to be like. So my first, experience with turtles was canada like he had found he got those images and those were posted way before the official stuff was posted from stern so that makes me wonder where it's like i feel bad that he's ruining stern's release of the game but at the same time i wanted to see it i want to see that information so it it makes me wonder it makes me question whether or not releasing of these games or the way that we release pinball games how how well it's done and what I mean by that is like, I think the most successful pinball release in the last, since I've been in the hobby has been Rick and Morty, Spooky's Rick and Morty. Um, one, nobody saw it coming. So true, in a perfect world, if things were just held tightly or a nice tight wrap, then yes, I think you can reveal a game in a nice way. But Stern has to be aware that people knew Turtles was coming. Like JJP has to be aware that everybody knows Guns N' Roses is coming. So if you know it's coming, why not give us something? Why not kind of trickle out that information? And I under, I assume Stern, you know, always wants like IGN to have the scoop or what is it? Komodo, not Komodo, it's Kotaku or something to like, they have the unveiling. They have the access to release the game or the official releases by these person. But if we look at Rick and Morty, I think the original thing was there was like a post about adult swim rick and morty pinball machine it was just like what like 
just that little clip it or that idea of like let's talk about holy cow there's going to be a rick and morty machine spooky knew that it was released and people talked about it like that pin pin side went off pin pin side exploded there was no pictures there was no nothing it was just an official announcement of this is what's coming and then they announced they showed like a little picture of the cabinet and people went off and talked about it for like two days and you couldn't see the game at all and then look at the buttons oh there's two buttons over here oh it's just like that's awesome and then they released a picture and this was the best one this was the best one they released a picture of the underside of the play field and that was amazing i myself was looking at like i was zooming into that picture i was looking at it and be like okay that's probably this that's probably that yeah but what's that and ooh, i mean people then saw immediately like that's a pop bumper that is a pop bumper on the sling that is awesome like they're gonna have this and then people are looking up other games that have pop bumpers on the slings and reading reviews of older games that have pop bumpers on the slings and what does that mean and it just created so much dialogue because spooky was just drizzling out little little tiny bits of information little nuggets to just continue to keep the conversation going until the official release like they sold out that game in four hours and they sold it out before that game was streamed they sold it before there was any video footage of that game being played it was because there was just this huge marketing buildup towards the reveal of that game and it was brilliant and so that to me i i find myself to bring it back to canada like i was i was looking to canada for those pictures give me the things to be excited about Canada before the pictures came out was he was posting he's like there will be a crane feature there will be a diverter then that diverters raft on a on a glider there will be you know so I'm hearing these things the turtle van is in the game and I'm like that's awesome that's awesome that's zombie yeti does the art that's awesome so you hear all these things and it's like I appreciated that Canada was giving out that type of information um now, do I feel bad for the manufacturer that it was given out without their permission? I do. And and that to me though, I feel like should bring should should make manufacturers wonder, is there a better way? Is there a better way to unveil these games? And I think the answer is yes. I think there absolutely is the answer yes. And I, to be honest, now that I know Canada is not going to be there, I'm very curious to see how the next Stern game comes out. And, and the buildup for that or the discussion for that. I just I just feel like there is a better way. There's got to be a better way to um, to reveal these games. So, Canada, I do I think you're going to keep your Rick and Morty? No, I definitely do not. I think anybody could see through that. You know there's only – you can only have one game. Uh, I think you bought it just because it was, it was going to sell out, and you know you can sell that for more money. You – you preach that that that's capitalism you know enjoy it like and that's fine i'm fine with you buying a game there's no need to try to convince us that you're not going to do that and i hope you enjoy the game i hope you enjoy the game if if your next game is going to be guns and roses and you're going to play rick and morty until guns and roses comes out great i hope you enjoy that i don't blame you for doing that at all for enjoying a game for a few months um and i hope guns and roses is everything you say it is um i i hope it it ends up being a great game but if Canada happens to listen to this, I would say thank you, thank you, thank you for all the content that you provided. I listened to every single episode you had, every single one that you've you've made in the last three years. I was a regular. I just enjoyed that. And I know as somebody, this is only episode five that I've recorded. I know that recording podcasts takes time. 
and creating content takes time. And I just, I thoroughly appreciate the time that you put forth doing that. Um, and I do think you will be missed from the hobby. Um, but I hope that you can find satisfaction in this hobby. I'm sorry that the games are not what you want them to be. And I don't know if there's any perfect game for you. Um, you know, you compare everything back to Tales of the Arabian Nights and, and Lord of the Rings, but you complain that the code's not deep enough. Well, I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever get back to that. And if we do, I think the price of that machine is going to be really high. And if they make that game, great. But what I found is this hobby, it's very hard to be satisfied in this hobby if you only, only own one machine and expect that machine to never get old. Um, so... If you love Tales, own Tales and enjoy it for a few months and sell it. If you like Lord of the Rings, you've had it. I hope you enjoyed it, then sell it. If not, in a perfect world, you could have a bigger collection. You could keep it forever and just find the variety within games instead of expecting one game to be everything you want. So that's about all I have to say. I would say, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if Kaneda's coming back, but I will say I, I, I am going to miss him. And I, I did appreciate that there were times that he called out manufacturers for things that needed to be fixed. And I'm glad that that voice was heard. And I don't know of another podcast that's going to fill that role of being blunt. Um, but I do think there were times that he just complained to complain versus times where the complaining actually forced uh, progress. So I'm going to miss Kaneda. Uh, and I think he did a good job. And uh, I'm very curious to see, um, you know, what podcasts uh, fill that role. Um but yeah, so that's about it. I, I, my goal is to keep every podcast between 45 and, and 45 minutes and an hour because I just don't want things to go too long. Um, unless anybody on Twitch here has any questions or anything they want me to, to mention, I think I'll, I'll go ahead and wrap it up. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm happy to. Next time that I do this, I'll actually set a time so maybe people will show up and, and listen um, to, to that. Um, but overall, I would say thank you. Thank you for everybody that's listening. Um, feel free to email me like always just another pinball at gmail.com I actually have some merchandise now if you go to silver ball swag silver ball swag you'll see there's a just another pinball section um, so feel free to if there's anything in there you like go for it I would be awesome to support uh, me and, and what I do here between the podcast and uh, the pinball stream and um, yeah if there's anything that I can do for anybody just feel free to reach out and um I just, I've really enjoyed this hobby and I enjoy the support and people in this hobby. So that's it for episode five. Uh, yeah. Talk to you guys later.